you know, First Peter one twenty three says, "You are born of the imperishable seed, which is the Word of God. You are born of the imperishable seed, which is the Word of God." I want to show you something. Just come with me to that verse, First Peter one verse twenty three. Let's, let's read verse 24, okay? For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. You know, I'm talking about 2010 when I read this verse. I was like, wow, all flesh is like grass, and all is glory like the flower of grass. So I looked at my flesh and I said, oh, all flesh is like grass. It's going to wither away. And then I read verse 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. Yeah, everything is going to perish. I am going to perish. This body is going to perish. But the word of the Lord remains forever. But what I forgot to read was verse 23. Because my attention was not on verse 23. It says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed. You are not born again of a perishable seed. You're born again of the imperishable seed. Through the living and abiding word of God. You are born again of God's word. You're born again of God's word. That's why verse 24 does not apply to you. <laughs> All flesh is like grass. It will wither away. It does not apply to you if you're born again. Because you are born again of the imperishable seed. Which is the word of God. Amen. Every seed produces its own kind. You put an apple seed in the ground, you can't expect mango. It's just common sense. If you put pineapple seed, you can't expect grapes. Every seed produces its own kind. If you are born of God's word, it's not an imposition that is put on you. You are meant, you are meant, you are designed to walk, to behave, and to talk like God. It's, it's not, it's, please understand this. You know, somewhere we have lost it when we understand Bible only in the sense of rules and regulations. You have to do this. Yeah, you have to do that, but... Do you understand why you have to do this? Because you're designed for this. John says like this, anybody who is born of God cannot sin. It's an impossibility. Just cannot sin because that's how you're designed for. You just can't sin. You can't fall sick. Can God be sick? Oh, I'm suffering through headache. God does not fall sick. If you have the divine nature of God, then you have every character, every attribute that God possesses. Every character. Every seed produces of its own kind. Every seed. So when a dog produces, he, the dog produces puppies. What do they do? They bark. What do lions do? They roar. So you can't expect a lion to bark. And you can't expect the dog to roar. So when you are created by the word of God, right, what are you meant to do? 
What do you mean to do? See, when Genesis chapter 1, when God created the world, the entire cosmos, how did he create everything? Let there be light. Let there be fishes in the waters. Let there be birds in the air. Let there be animals in the field. How did he create? By speaking. If you are created of the same kind, what are you designed for? Speaking. Speaking. Your words have power. Your words have power because you are born of the same seed. Your words have power. Don't think that your words don't have power. Your words absolutely have power. <laughs> your life is a reflection of your words. <laughs> so if you don't like your life, don't blame anybody. Blame your words. Your words have power. Power and death. Oh, power of life and death is in your tongue. Proverbs 18.21. Your words have power. So, since you're born of God, right? You were created in the image of God. God has designed in a way that whatever you speak happens. Oh, my life is always messed up. Oh, this is my situation. I will never get out of this. You keep saying that, you will never get out of that. You keep saying that, it will still remain the same. So Joshua 1.8, what, what the Lord told Joshua. Joshua 1.8, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night and then you shall make your way prosperous. It does not say, hey, if you, if you do meditation, if you pray, and if you read the Bible, God will make your way prosperous. It says, you shall make your way prosperous. You have the power to make your way prosperous. In the new covenant, there is nothing that God needs to bless you more. It's a good news. There's nothing. Because in Jesus, God has blessed you with everything. So now what we need to do is we have to, it's not like we are trying to convince God, we are actually trying to convince our own hearts of what we've already been blessed with. It's already deposited within, but we have to draw it out. We have to draw it out. How do you draw it out? By meditating on scriptures and by confessing the scriptures. Meditate on it day and night, Keep confessing it day and night and you shall make your way prosperous. Meditate on it day and night. Confess it day and night. You shall make your way prosperous. I know that you know the story. The story of there was a king who had two children and the younger, younger son got stolen, got kidnapped, right? And he was sold to a beggar. He was probably three months old when he was sold to a beggar. So the beggar raised this kid up and by the age of 18, he was a professional beggar. He's a king's son. He's a prince. In his DNA, he is a prince. Right? But his whole life, his whole childhood, he has only learned how to beg. So he's a professional beggar. Now, this somehow this elder son 
finds the younger son and brings him back home, restores him. That elder son's name is Jesus. He brings him back home, brings him to the palace and he says, hey, this is your throne. You rule and reign. Now, we have the throne to rule and reign. We have the power. We have the authority. But because we are professionally beggars, we don't know how to rule and reign. That's the honest truth. We are sitting on the throne, but we are still begging. Why? Because we didn't learn. We have to unlearn what we have learned. We have to unlearn begging for us to learn ruling. So the elder brother comes and says, hey, you know what? Don't worry. Just look at me. Keep your eyes on me. See what I'm doing. Whatever I do, do it exactly. You sit on the table. You don't know how to use your fork. Don't worry. I'll do it slow. Just look at me. Just imitate me. Just imitate me. So why do we confess the word? Why do we meditate the word? Because we are imitating him. Because we don't know what identity is. I'm telling you, we don't know. We are saying, yeah, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are a new creation. We are the ambassadors of Christ. But seriously, we're still getting a grasp of it. For 2,000 years, Christians are still getting a grasp of it. We haven't got it yet. Because if we did get it, oh man, we'd be walking like Jesus. We didn't get it. We're still getting, it's, it's a journey. We're, we're still learning. Every generation has its own burden to bear and they pass the mandate to the other one and we're still learning. Every generation of Christians is, is moving from one level of glory to another. That's why the struggles that our parents went through, we don't have to go through. That's why what went through, what the first century church went through, we don't have to go through because we are more glorious. It's a glorious church. Not moving from shame to glory, it's moving from glory to glory. So, the church, the born again believer, we have to learn to meditate God's word. Hear God's word and speak. Hear God's word and speak. Faith comes by hearing, but faith works by speaking. Second Corinthians chapter 4. The same spirit of faith, we believe, so we spoke. So if you have the same spirit of faith, if we believe, we will speak. If your faith is not speaking, then it's not faith, it's something else. Your faith will speak. Don't tell me, oh, I am shy, I'm an introvert, oh, you know, I'm, I don't feel like speaking loudly. If you believe, you will speak. Don't talk to me about being an introvert. I know all the insecurities of being an introvert. I, I think I've done PhD in that. But I'm telling you what has set me free. If you understand what Jesus has done, you know, like Brother Alvin was leading us, if you understand what Jesus has done on the cross, that he raised you up from the dead, you're seated with him far above every power, every principalities, every name that is out there. If you can understand that, my goodness, you will speak. If you believe that, you will speak. You will speak. You will speak. So words have the ability to create and to destroy. They have the ability. 
So you need to create good things and destroy bad things. The reason why God gave us the power of destruction is to destroy hatred, is to destroy violence, is to destroy chaos, is to destroy unrest. So you need to speak out against it. Whenever you see chaos happening in a community, you have to speak out against it. Oh, I speak in the name of Jesus. I cancel it in the name of Jesus. You have to speak it out with authority. Yes. Okay, let me show you a scripture. Proverbs 12, 24. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule. Turn to someone and say, the hand of the diligent will rule. But while the slothful will be put to forced labor. I am so blessed to know that this church is not slothful. Diligent. The hand of the diligent will rule. Do you know what's a diligent person? So I, I was studying the Hebrew of it. And every Hebrew word has a picture. The picture of diligent is a sharp knife. Something that's sharp. So if you take two knives, one that is sharp, one that is blunt, both will do the job. One will just get it faster. Get it quickly done. So there were these two people, you know, who were, who were using an axe to cut down trees. And one person had that competitive spirit, so he just went on cutting down trees after the other. The other person was wise. So what he did was after cutting every tree, he would take time to sharpen his axe. Guess by the end of the day who was more productive? The one whose axe was sharpened. So I'm telling you, encouraging you guys, if you really want to rule in life, you have to take time out to sharpen what the Lord has given. You have to take time out to do nothing. Be like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he's saying. Because that's how your senses, your spiritual senses, everything that the Lord has blessed you with gets sharpened. Because there's a danger, I'm telling you, there's a danger. There's a danger when you just back to back, you're busy. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about secular job. I forget secular, I'm talking about ministry, right? There's a danger you're moving from one meeting to another, one meeting to another, speaking here, speaking there. Constant and it feels very glorious, right? Won't you agree? So glorious, right? When people come and tell you, oh, Pastor Sam, it was such a good message. And you keep hearing that again. There's a danger because you don't realize when you're getting burnt out. And, and the problem is it comes a point where you have lost your focus why you even began doing this. So you have to take time Take time to take a break, reflect, and submit to the Lord so that He sharpens you. He sharpens you. So why I'm saying this is to reflect on something. Okay? I want the church to reflect on something. Every three months, I have to preach this. So I'm preaching this. Because I realized... 
after every 12 weeks, if I don't keep reminding the church, the church goes in a different tangent. So I'm just trying to bring you guys back. Okay? It's a slight course correction. But as I know, you guys are so humble. <laughs> you guys are so, you're so accepting to correction. So I know you will receive it in good, good mind. See, I told you words have power. Definitely words have power. But there's a difference between when a king says something and a beggar says something. Isn't that true? There's a difference. So your words, the impact of your words is limited to the jurisdiction that you have. To the jurisdiction that is entrusted upon you. But anyways, for your life, you have enough jurisdiction. Okay, for your life, you have enough jurisdiction. But if you stay faithful, what, what, did, what did Jesus say? He who is entrusted with little, more shall be given. If you stay faithful, my goodness, your jurisdiction, God can give you more, can give you more, can give you more. So I want to tell you how to walk in authority where you just by speaking, you make an impact just by speaking. How you do that is by increasing your power, increasing your level of jurisdiction. See, if the United States president, he's very powerful, right? Somebody kidnaps him and put, puts him somewhere in a no man's land, in an island, which nobody knows. No matter how much he speaks, he has no power because he has no jurisdiction. He has to be in his place where he can exercise his jurisdiction for his words to have power. You can't go to an enemy's territory, right, where you have no jurisdiction and just start speaking, hey! They will cut you. You need to know where your jurisdiction is. So it's based on how much has been entrusted upon you, your words will make impact. Definitely. That's what we talk about authority. How we release authority is by words. Simply by words. But how those words have authority and how much impact they can make is based on the jurisdiction that is entrusted upon you. So I'm telling you, are you, are you listening to me? How do you, how do you access more jurisdiction? I'll show you a story. Matthew, come with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled 
and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. The centurion tells Jesus, I have a servant who is paralyzed, who is sick. And Jesus says, yeah, I'll come. He says, don't come. He says, don't come. Just say the word. Because I know if you say the word, he'll be healed. But what I want you to underline in this whole passage is, he says, I understand authority. Why? Why does he understand authority? Why does he understand the authority of words? Because I am under authority. A person who is under authority understands authority. A person who is not under authority will never understand authority. He'll be like a beggar screaming in the street with no impact. You want to experience authority, you have to be under authority. Submission. Oh, nobody likes submission. Submission is a mystery in the kingdom where you access more authority because you're under authority. See, imagine like this. Have you seen a banyan tree that is huge? In India, we have a lot of banyan trees. Every time you go under the covering of the banyan tree, you experience the shade of the tree. Think of submission like that. Submission is not compulsion. Submission is a privilege. Nobody is compulsing you to submit. Oh, please don't submit. Submission is a privilege. But every time you take use of that privilege to come under that covering, you will experience the protection and the covering and the shade of that covering. Every time. See, when a police officer, a traffic police officer says stop to a huge truck, the truck has to stop. Not because that police officer is strong. Even though, even if he's thin, he will stop. Why? Because the, that guy, that person is under an authority. There's a backing up of a government. You know what's the beauty of submission? The beauty of submission is you don't have to back yourself up. Without submission, you'll always need to back yourself up. I need to build my muscles. I need to grow. I need to get my contacts. With submission, you don't have to back yourself up because the authority whom you submit to will back you up. Submission is such a mystery in the kingdom. It's just sad that we don't understand it. And that's why we live such a life of failure. Submission is a privilege. Say with me, submission is a privilege. So as much as you submit to, you experience authority. And as much as you experience authority, your words will make immediate impact. But Jesus ko to ye karne ki zorat nahi padi. Did Jesus do this? Even he did it. There were three prophets. It took three prophets to activate Jesus. Do you know that? Three prophets. Simon, who took the baby Jesus and blessed him. Prophet Anna, who blessed Jesus when he was born. When they came to the temple to dedicate him. And finally, John the prophet, whom you know as John the Baptist. Before he got baptized, 
there was no heavens open. <laughs> Jesus comes to John and says, hey, baptize me. And John says, hey, why? I can't baptize you. You're the son of God. You should be baptizing me. He says, for all righteousness to be fulfilled. You have to understand this, guys. The son of God, the son of God is submitting to somebody. For all righteousness to be fulfilled. And see, that whole baptism. Do you know that the baptism that we give is not the baptism that John the Baptist gave? We don't even give the baptism of John the Baptist because his baptism was the baptism of repentance. Our baptism is the baptism of new birth. But still Jesus did that. He didn't need repentance. He didn't need forgiveness of sins, right? He knew no sin, but he still did that just to fulfill all righteousness, just to show you and me what a privilege it is to submit. And see, the moment he baptizes, he comes out of the water, all oh, heavens open, heavens open, and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Submission is a privilege. It's not something that will bind you. It's something that will give you a covering that will protect you and that will give you the authority to function so that you don't have to worry and you don't have to figure out your own. You know, you don't have to figure it out on your own. It'll give you a backing. See, I got into ministry in 2010. But it is in 2013 I started, you know, preaching and sharing and we, we used to have this youth fellowship but I'm telling you it was not until 2020 that our ministry started to grow and I'm so grateful that it was not until 2020 it started to grow and I know the secret now learned it the hard way but I'm glad I learned it the secret is submission submission Everything in our life just exploded the moment we submitted. The moment we submitted. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. You cannot be in lack. But how do you know that the Lord is your shepherd? When you submit to a local shepherd. See, it's easy to say, oh, I submit to God. What's the evidence that you submit to God? When you submit to the man of God. When you submit to the woman of God who God has placed over your life. See, it's, I'm just saying, it's easy to worship God, right? Come to church and worship God. But it's difficult to worship God when you know that this person, you know the in and outs of this person, to worship with them. That's why you come to church. Because God is dealing with your heart issues. It's not the man or woman of God that you honor and you submit. You're honoring the office that God has placed over your life. It's the office. It's the office that you're honoring. You want to know something interesting? Saul, the New Testament Saul, he's on his horseback. He's going out to persecute Christians. Right? He encounters Jesus. That kind of encounter you don't see in the New Testament anywhere. He encounters Jesus. But what happens next? If I had encountered Jesus, I would have done the next crusade. He encountered Jesus, but he becomes blind. Do you know why he becomes blind? Some blindness is by God. It's temporary. 
It's temporary for your good. Some blindness is by God. Do you know why? So that he could wait for Ananias to come to pray for him and to be healed. God blesses people through people. Your blessing is through people. You guys don't get this. That's why honor and submission are the keys in growing in the kingdom. It's a kingdom, it's not a democracy. If God has placed somebody over your life, you can't override their authority by becoming more skillful, by becoming more better in the gifts of the Spirit because they are appointed. They are not there because they were more skillful and they were flowing more in the Spirit. They were appointed by God. They were divinely appointed. So don't try to override the authority that God has placed over your life. Saul, King Saul tried to do that with Samuel. When, King, when, when the prophet Samuel said, wait for me, let me come. Don't do the sacrifice, let me come. But King Saul couldn't wait. He went and did the sacrifice. What happened? Samuel dethroned him. Just like that. Just because you're a king, don't think that you can do everything. The one who throned you can dethrone you. It's so powerful, guys. Think about this. So powerful. Submission is such a blessing. Such a blessing. But as long as we see it, oh, it's limiting me. I don't know. This person does not understand me. How will, He does not understand my struggle. She does not understand. I feel so alone. Nobody understands me. As long as you're doing that, you're consumed by your thoughts, your desires. You will never see the blessing that God has blessed you through them. You know, what's the biggest tactic that the devil has? Offense. Biggest tactic. Children are offended by their parents. Employees are offended by their boss. Believers are offended by their pastors. Everybody is offended. Do you know why? Because the devil knows that they are this covering that God has put in your life. They are the biggest channel of blessing. So if you're offended, you're basically rejecting that blessing. Whose harm is it? Tell me, whose harm is it? You got offended, you got hurt. Whose harm is it? It's yours. You want your words to make impact. Submission is the key. Because as you submit, as you understand authority, your words will have authority. You can go into a room and say, peace be upon this place and there will be peace. So your submission to God needs to be evident in your submission to the church, to the people of God that God has placed over your life. It has to be evident. It has to be evident. Do you know why God chose Joshua over Aaron? Aaron was Moses' brother. He was next in line. But do you know why God chose Joshua over Aaron? Because Aaron was supposed to be the representative of Moses to the people. Hear me. He was supposed to represent Moses to the people while he spoke with God. But you know what Aaron did? He started mingling with the people. If, you, if you're too long with the sheep, you will start, bah, you'll start doing that. 
he was too long with the people that he started representing people to moses see see what happened moses is rep representing god and aaron was supposed to represent moses but here what happens is he goes to the people now he's representing people because he's listening mera bachcha bimar hai you know this is happening that is happening all all good stuff please understand all stuff that is relevant even today everything that you are complaining for the same thing aaron felt sympathetic now he is representing people to moses and moses is like what are you doing aaron this is not the job that i gave you but joshua on the other hand was always look at his posture and that's why and that's why god tells moses hey the next person to lead is joshua aaron doesn't have it joshua and that's why joshua is leading it is a submission to moses it is a submission to moses where we see his submission to god absolutely submitted i'm telling you, you you may not like the people whom god has placed over your life even i don't like sometimes i'm telling you i'm honest it's a struggle heart issues ho jata hai i always ask myself man he's a man of god how why is he behaving like this i asked myself too about the people of god that god has placed over my life but that's not my place it's not my place if there's an issue with the man of god it's not your place to solve it by rebellion if there's an issue with the man of god it's not your place to solve it by rebellion I'm loving this message. What a wonderful response, guys. Awesome. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Moses, see, I'll, I'll give you an example. Moses, he marries somebody. He marries a gentile. Is it wrong? Yes, it is wrong. So Aaron and Miriam, they complain and they start rebelling. Do you know what God says? Aaron and Miriam, I think you are right. what moses did was wrong that's not what god did in fact god asked aaron and miriam who are you who are you in fact miriam gets leprosy because of her rebellion no matter who that man of god is what he has done you have no right to rebel that's what i'm saying god will take an account of him that's separate but you have no right to rebel you have to trust god you have to trust god you might be right i'm saying every rebellion starts on the premise of i am right which rebellion starts on the premise of i am wrong i am rebelling because i am right but it's not your place saul king saul was after david's life you know after david's life somebody is after you to kill you and still david says who am i to touch god's anointed mind you david saw saul being possessed by evil spirit mind you he saw all of that but still he says who am i to touch god's anointed he did not push himself to be the king till his time came he waited for the lord submit yourself to the lord and he shall lift you up don't try to override the authority that god has placed over your life 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. What does it say? Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. Do you know why God asked Adam first, did you eat of that tree? Because authority was given to Adam. But what did he do? He blamed Eve. The moment you blame, you lose your authority. He blamed Eve, the authority went to Eve. And then God asked Eve, did you eat of the tree? She blamed the devil, the authority went to the devil. God will ask an account of your life to the person whose covering you are under. You have to give an account of those people who is under your covering. The leaders that are there for you as covering, they are watching your soul. That's how God has kept them. It's a kingdom. It's not a democracy. It's a kingdom. Kingdom has protocols. You don't mess with the kingdom. Your opinion does not matter. You can speak when you're in the washroom. Seriously, your opinion does not matter. The only one's opinion that matters in the kingdom is the king's. Submission and honor is such a privilege. Say with me, it's a privilege. So, you know, when I read that word, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Me and, you know, Betty, we made an intentional decision to submit. To submit to a covering. Made an intentional decision. And, and when we say we made an intentional decision, it was outward as well as inward. It's always the posture of the heart. And when we did that, I'm telling you, we have not lacked. Because the grace that flows on our covering flows into our lives as well. We have not lacked in anything. We have not lacked. I'm telling you, we have not lacked. Oh, have we have problems knocked our doors? Yes. But we are secure, we are protected because of the covering that is upon our lives. Submission, honor, my goodness. If you can learn this, it will take the pressure off of you to back yourself up. If you can learn to submit and honor to the people of God that God has blessed you with, because they are a blessing. They are a key to your blessing. They are a blessing. I heard this testimony where a friend of mine said there was this lady who went to church and she was sick for days. She was sick. And while the pastor was preaching, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, he is the key to your blessing. Just that. She got that word, something happened, she got healed instantly. Or the, the, the sentence that the Holy Spirit said was, he's a gift for you. He's your gift. He's your gift from heaven. She got it, she got healed immediately. 
can I say this? Your life is a reflection of what's happening internally. Your life is a reflection of what's happening in the heart. See, if you, if you look at the mirror, right? When you look at the mirror, you see your reflection. And you see there's something wrong on your face. Do you put your hand through the mirror and try to change it? What do you do? You correct it over here. And as you correct it, the person over there in the reflection corrects itself. So when you're trying to just change your life, you're just fixing the outward issues. You have to look at your heart. Look at your heart. It is an impossibility for a child of God who submits to a covering where there is supply, where there's the glory of God and the excellence of God. It's an impossibility for a child of God to stay in lack. It's an impossibility. Impossibility, guys. It's an impossibility. So I'm asking you, as, as your pastor, I'm asking you, submit as I submit. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I do submit to people of God. There are people of God whom I submit to and it's a privilege for me to submit to them because I know the blessing. Oh, I know the blessing. I have seen the blessing. I'm not talking about just increase of, you know, just some percentage. I'm talking about exponential increase. 10 times increase. That grace is upon this church because this church leadership has been submitted to covering that has walked that has walked in the effortless living of the Spirit. So it's impossible for you to struggle in life. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. Your words will have power. Your words will have power. But how do you grow in the impact of your words? How do you walk in that authority? Is through submission. Is through submission. And all the blessed people said. <laughs> Submission is such a blessing, guys. It's such a blessing. Such a blessing. I'm telling you, such a blessing. Are you guys blessed? Come on, let's pray.